When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Tonight, we gather in celebration of this thing that happened. Welcome to Mayflower, and welcome to Christmas Eve. We are thrilled that you're with us, whether you're here in person in the sanctuary or joining us via live stream. Welcome. May your hearts be prepared to experience the Savior in a new way tonight. And may your spirit soar as you proclaim with the angelic host, glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth, goodwill to all.
God of glory, your splendor shines from a manger in Bethlehem into the darkness of human night. We have waited for weeks. We have waited all our lives for this time, this blessing. This is when we pray our yes, like Mary. When we are finally ready to have God enter into our lives, filling us with life that is ours. Like a new mother, we nurture this new life with hopeful belief, peaceful living, loving care, and joyful acceptance. The Advent Candles Blaze, symbolizing the light of these gifts in our lives. As we light the Christ candle tonight, may it remind us that Christ is the true center of our lives. Come, all that are faithful, and all that seek faith. Here is good news of joy, of great joy for all people.
If you have your bulletin handy, please pray with me our prayer for joy. O Lord Christ, born into our world this day, bring joy to our hearts that we would make room for your grace. Place your song on our lips that we would proclaim good news for all to hear. Give clear vision all around us. Create peace among all nations that we would dwell in harmony as brothers and sisters. Grant hope to our souls. We receive you now, who comes to us as purest love, in awe and wonder. Amen. Christ is born. He is born to us. He is born today. For Christmas is not merely a day like every other day. It is a day made holy and special by sacred mystery. It is not merely another day in the weary round of time. Today, eternity enters into time, and time, sanctified, is caught up into eternity. Today, Christ, the eternal word of the Father, who was in the beginning with the Father, 
in whom all things were made, by whom all things consist, enters into the world which he created in order to reclaim souls who had forgotten their identity. Therefore, the church exalts as the angels come down to announce not merely an old thing which happened long ago, but a new thing which happens today. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver the child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn.
The child we seek doesn't need our gold. On love, on love alone, he will build his kingdom. His pursed hand will hold no scepter. His hallowed head will wear no crown. His might will not be built on your toil. Swifter than lightning, he will soon walk among us. He will bring us new life and receive our death. And the keys to his city belong to the poor.
And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. At a Christmas service, the pastor gathered children around him and asked this question. What difference would it make if Jesus were never born? And expecting answers like, there'd be no presents, no Christmas tree, no Christmas Eve dinners. He didn't get that. Instead, a young boy piped up, you would be unemployed. 
Well, tonight we are here with good news of great joy. He was born. And that message was first heard by the almost unemployed of the first century, shepherds living out in the fields, the bottom rung of the social ladder of that day. Now, these shepherds, they had no relation to Mary or Joseph or the baby, but they and we were invited in to the greatest of all mysteries. Theologians put a word on it. They call it incarnation. God. God. The creator becoming flesh and blood. Now, I don't know what the shepherds thought that night. But we do know that they told everyone that would listen what had happened, what they had seen and heard. So it says in verse 17 of Luke 2. And the story, the story of tonight, it's been told again and again and again for over 2,000 years. We've heard it tonight in music and in reading. You've heard it, well, most of your life, if not all of your life. Tonight, I want to tell you how one of my favorite storytellers told this incredible story. The storyteller was a man by the name of C.S. Lewis, born way back in the year 1898. He didn't accept this Christmas story until he was about 33 years of age and by then teaching at Oxford University in England. But when he said yes to the story of incarnation, he began to write about it in lots of different ways. He was a master storyteller, a great, great writer. He wrote learned theological books. He wrote poetry. He wrote analyzing how other writers wrote through history. He wrote science fiction. He wrote children's books that are still alive today, like the Chronicles of Narnia and others. Well, a number of years after he accepted this story and thought about it and pondered it, he wrote a theological work called simply Miracles. And tucked away in the middle of that rather small book is a chapter called The Grand Miracle. C.S. Lewis thought that the greatest of all miracles, the grand miracle, was not the story of raising Lazarus from the dead, as great and incredible as that was. It wasn't the feeding of the 5,000. It wasn't turning water into wine. It was the incarnation. That God would become a human being. He said, if this is true, all of the other miracles fall into place. Now this is the way he described the story in just these few words. 
In the Christian story, God descends to reascend. He comes down. Down from the heights of absolute being into time and space. Down into humanity. Down further still, down into the very roots and seabed of the nature that he created. But he goes down to come up again and bring the whole ruined world up with him. So that's the theological statement. Now Lewis, who could do it, well, like few others, he paints a picture for us. And asks us to see it. He says, one may think of a diver first reducing himself to nakedness. The humility of it all. Then glancing in midair. Then gone with a splash, vanished. Rushing down through green and warm water, down into black and cold water, down through increasing pressure into the death-like region of ooze and slime and old decay. Picture that. Down to the very dregs of it all. Then back up again. Back to color and light, his lungs almost bursting, till suddenly he breaks the surface again, holding in his hand the dripping, precious thing he went down to recover. That's his description of you and me. The dripping, precious thing. That he came from above and went down into the ooze and slime and old tegay to recover. Have you ever thought of yourself as a dripping, precious thing? Well, think about it. I think that's an accurate picture of why all of this happened. One last statement from Lewis. He, the diver, and it, the dripping precious thing, you, me. They're both colored now. They both have life now that they have come up into the light. Down below, where it lay colorless in the dark. He lost his color, too. He died, too. So that he might rescue us and bring us to life. Think about it. Let your whole being be swallowed up by this astonishing truth. Glory to God in the highest. Unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Hear this. The one who made you knows you, loves you, 
came down to find you. And that one holds you in his hand. Glory to God in the highest. Amen. As we gather in this beautiful space, celebrating the birth of our Savior, we're warm, we're together, we know we're loved. Yet tonight, across our city, there are many who do not know these assurances. Our offering tonight is a collection for AYA. This organization creates safe places for youth who face homelessness and instability. AYA stands for As You Are, and through building relationships and connecting these teens with resources, AYA is working to find housing and community for youth on the margins. So as Mary and Joseph struggle to find a place to rest on Christmas Eve, let us not forget those for whom this is their reality. So we can do so by generously giving to this worthy organization. The ushers will now come forward. Thank you.
Let us all join our hearts together in prayer. Precious Lord Jesus, you were born and walked and lived in days much graver than ours. You know something about confronting the kingdoms of earth. You know something about answering the calls of a people desperately crying out for shalom, for peace, for justice, for equity, for the radical wellness of all relationships and creation. Lord, we are a broken and confused people. We live in a wounded nation, and we are citizens of a scorched world. We have sustained a seemingly never-ending pandemic, increased polarization, tension in relationships, and we have witnessed the threats to the well-being of marginalized people, people who are image bearers of God. They're marginalized outside and inside our own borders. Worst, we have witnessed before our very eyes the corruption of our Christian faith, the exploitation of your scriptures, which crushes the image of God. Lord Christ, Please stand with us as you stood with a displaced and tender new family, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. God, comfort and gird us for the long journey ahead. Use this time to deepen your church's discipleship, to teach us not to rely on the power of empire to bring your kingdom to earth, but make us creative in our resistance to injustice. Oh, and Lord, fill us with love. Fill us with laughter, with joy, with life. Help us not to grow weary in doing good. And give us glimpses of your shalom in the days to come. Show us your power by shining your light into our darkness. Show us the power of your voice. You speak and chaos is halted in its tracks. You confront the kingdoms of humanity and call forth the image of God in us, your people. May you call us forth to exercise stewardship of the world. Empower each of us to see and connect with each other. Heal us, Lord. Connect us, Lord. And give us courage. And help us to understand that embracing truth through faith takes enormous work. So empower us to walk forward in belief that transformation is possible. And in the belief that through you and with you, your kingdom will be reestablished in us. Oh, heaven's child. We are changed in you. I am changed in you. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
And on this glorious night, may you be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the Magi, and the peace of the Christ child. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Merry Christmas. Amen.